Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. We haven't done a live stream in a while, Jeremiah. It's yeah. been a minute. How are you doing, man? John Kelly here, as always, with Jeremiah Stringer. Jeremiah, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I got my morning cup of coffee. Good morning to all you people on the uh, West Coast. We're at 6.30 a.m. right now. Hopefully you're getting, getting to up. start your day off with us. Yes, I'm I'm just getting up myself, even though it's 9.30 here. And uh, hopefully I make it through this podcast without having to poop because this is my first cup of coffee. Well, this is you are living your best life. You've got that teacher life going on right now. So, oh, it's nice, man. I got one more month left. Oh man, I got one more month left of having to pay for childcare for my daughter. She starts kindergarten. I don't have to pay for childcare anymore. Oh, just keep paying yeah, your taxes. A little bit of free education and daycare. Bro, that's like six or seven hundred dollars a month getting freed up in my bank account. Daddy's gonna need a new car. Well, Daddy needs to pay off some <laughs> debt. Uh, <laughs> you're drinking coffee. I am drinking Mountain Dew Spark. I don't know if you can see this. It's it's a raspberry lemonade. Oh goodness, Mountain Dew. It's really good. I mean, it's totally inappropriate for mornings, but I'm I'm doing it anyways. So we say good morning to Trey and to Josh. Yeah, both leaving comments on here. Uh, so so Jeremiah, I have to tell you what happened on uh, every year. For 4th of July, go on a hike mm-hmm. every single year. And um, this year, I decided I was going to go on a, a, just a short hike, like six miles total. Um, but me and my buddy Sean went out, and I convinced him to come out and be my camera guy to do some B-roll for a video. What's up, Josue? Or Jose, that's Jose there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so so we, um, we uh, went out to the Red River Gorge, and we stopped at a campsite. And I was doing a video. What's up? Following Walker's World. Nice seeing you guys on here. Uh, we went out to the Red River Gorge, and we made five liters of coffee using six different coffee apparatus. Good Lord. How many people was this? It's just the two of us. We didn't drink all of it. I mean, we could have. <laughs> you know, this is stuff I've been using for the last year, just kind of playing with that on the on, on trail, you know, just trying out. Ooh, Colorado Springs. What's going on? It's early for you. Yeah, good morning, um, Casey. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we went out there. We made all this coffee. I mean, we made cowboy coffee. We made, uh, like, pressed coffee. We did uh, mocha pot, a bunch of stuff. And, dude, it was so much coffee. And we were just kind of – we set up – we actually hiked up towards Hanson's Point, that area. What's up, Miyagi? Hey, good to see Miyagi on here, man. Nice That's awesome. You, man. So we set up right off the trail because we figured it's – you know, it was a, it, everybody's going to hike. We figured we'd hike in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're up there and we set up camp and, or not set up camp, but set up right by the trail. And we were going to share coffee with people. Mm-hmm. Not one person hiked by. Oh, you're going to do a little bit of trail magic. Yeah. We were going to like give free coffee to people. Got a few more people logging on here. What's up, Mustang? What's up, John? 
uh, yeah, so we were going to make all this coffee and share it with people. Nobody, nobody walked by the trail. It's like one of the uh, most popular spots in the gorge. So we picked it on purpose and not until we left. When we left is when we saw people. Boy, that's disappointing. Yeah, we were going to, we were just going to bless people with the nectar of the Lord, you know, which is coffee. <laughs> so, and where did you say that you were set up at? And we were set up right off the trail up by Hanson's Point. Like we were, you know, the, if anybody of you've been to Red River Gorge, you've been to Hanson's Point, there's this massive campsite area where you could fit a hundred people without blinking, like just campsites, fire pits all over the place. And we were set up just right off the trail. I mean, we were just maybe 10 feet off the trail and not a single person came by. Well, for the 4th of July, I stayed home, saved a little money, but the week before, I actually flew to Colorado and drove up to South Dakota. How was that, man? It was it was pretty crazy. Miyagi, he's on here, I think still. He commented a few minutes ago. Hey, Jeremy. What's up, man? Um, well, I... Long story short, I just got <laughs> I just got I like my the pause. <laughs> I just got my truck back Friday as in like a few days ago. Yeah. And I've been without it for like 9 weeks and basically got the engine rebuilt. And so it all started with Bridget having to drop me off in Lexington so I could ride with Mr. Backpacking with Jason sir up to the Cincinnati airport. Hey, good morning. What's up, Jared? Outside comfort zone. So uh, we rode up to Cincinnati together and flew to Denver because it was going to cost so much money to fly into Rapid City, which is where we need to we needed to go. And dude, we we flew into Denver, got a rental to drive the six hours, and then on the way to the rental, I started reading the reviews of the the rental company that I had booked through. I just went on Expedia, signed up for a car, right? And didn't think anything of it. And then I looked and like they were two out of five stars. <laughs> oh, man. And That's fantastic. I started reading the reviews and they were absolutely terrible. And um, I was like, Jason, I hope that we can get this car. And he was like, well, what's the deal? And I was like, I'm reading the reviews and they don't look good. He's like, all right. So we waited there for like 20 minutes and finally the shuttle came. I stood in line for like 45 minutes. There's literally three people in front of me in line. And there's two people working the counter up there. And I had to wait for 45 minutes. Got the car finally. And they give you this little slip of paper. And it's like, uh, it's got two pieces. So one's like your copy, the yellow piece that like imprints. And one is the white copy. It's their copy. And you give it to the gate guy on the way out. And you're supposed to make a list of any of the damages. So... I basically just like the car scratched all the pieces. Like as you turn, <laughs> <laughs> it was a Jeep Renegade, and it had That's awesome. I've never had this happen before with a rental car. It had a hundred thousand miles on it, and usually a rental car they're pretty new. You know they trade them in. They usually go fifty or less. Yeah, a hundred thousand miles, a Jeep Renegade. I got a midsize. They kept trying to get me to upgrade, and I was like, no, gas is like five dollars a gallon. And you're wanting me to go to a large vehicle instead of a midsize? And I was like, yeah. i got to drive six hours. Well, we got it. We gave the guy, put like scratches all around it. There was a, 
uh, vent on the bumper that was broken in half. Like I, they were cleaning the cars as people were turning them in and then turning around and renting them out. Like people were having to wait, even though they had already paid and everything. They were sitting in the lobby for like an hour waiting on them to get a car cleaned and vacuumed so that they could give them the key so they could leave. Wow. So, terrible renting experience. We drove the six hours, and, dude, I don't know if the tie rods were about to go out or something to do with the power steering. Every time you turned it, you could hear it. It's like, and then it was kind of vibrating at anything over 65. How much did you pay? Can I ask? Like, what was your daily rate for this thing? Um, Well, was this before or after I got more charges once I arrived home? Yeah, I was on the phone with him yesterday for an hour. You know, what? It's like a week and a half since this, since I turned the car back in. Yep they uh, they charged oh, me wow. they charged me an additional. Uh, well, initially it was one hundred eighty seven dollars and some change, or excuse me, two hundred eighty seven. Even though Jason and I split it, right? So the rental is probably like a hundred dollars a day or something like that. Okay, and um. We rented it for five or six days because we had to backpack and then return it. So it just sat there in the parking lot. We didn't even use it after the drive. Right. And I called them because I was like, what are these extra charges? You know, after all said and done, it was 137 and some change that they charged me in addition to what I'd already paid through Expedia. And they're like, well, that was for your prepaid gas. They were like, you should have returned it on empty because you prepaid gas and you paid for a toll, like some kind of toll pass. So when you drive through Denver, like um, you can, you have unlimited tolls. You don't have to worry about them. And that was like 60 or 70 bucks. And I was like, I'm not even going to Denver. Like I'm going to Mount Rushmore. So like it's, I'm driving through the middle of Wyoming all day. And so anyway, they refunded like $75 of that. And they were like, we can't refund the, the gas. And I was like, I'll pay for the gas. I returned it with like half a tank of gas, but still 60 bucks for half a tank of gas. Ridiculous. So terrible <laughs> so, car So we have, a, we, we have a question online real quick. Sure. Jeff Peters is like, why the morning live stream trying to cut down on chat comments? No, actually, it's it's we do a lot of stuff on Monday nights in the summer, and there's just no time to do nighttime ones. And this was just kind of, I think we decided to do this yesterday, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think basically we were wanting to talk to each other, and we said, well, wouldn't it be fun to just do a live stream? Instead of publishing the episode Wednesday morning, we could live stream, and then yeah. we'll throw it out a little later. Yeah, so so there's the there's the easy answer for you. We just uh, we can't do the Monday nights right now just because we're both really busy. Of course, this Monday was the 4th of July, so my wife would have killed me if we had a bunch of people over the 4th <laughs> of July, and I was doing a live stream, so... I didn't want to get in trouble. Miyagi said he had a great time with you, man. Dude. Miyagi. You guys, okay, can we talk about something about this trip? Yes. And it's specifically you and Miyagi. I want to talk facial hair. Oh, good Tell Lord. what was going on with facial hair with you guys on this trip. Well, if you remember, Buckley and I kind of decided on this trip, this was months ago, it was mm-hmm. going to be, I was like, dude, please shave your beard. And he's like, I can't go without any facial hair. I've had facial hair for like, I don't know, 30 years or something crazy. And I was like, okay. He's like, but I will settle. I will do a mustache. And so apparently this is supposed to be a mustache trip. Can I say something real quick to you? Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at your pictures. Uh-huh. 
and I see some dude with a big bushy mustache, and I actually thought to myself, "Who's the old guy <laughs> with them?" I'm just, it's just now dawning on me. That was Buckley, dude. That's hilarious. That, was, that is so funny. <laughs> uh, he looks totally different with just the stash. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. That well, is an understatement. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know how serious to take it. Right. And I totally forgotten. And then, um, Buckley backpacking with Buckley's is YouTube. And, yeah. uh, so Tim, which is Buckley. He says, he texted me like the night before. Look at that. <laughs> Tim now looks like a 70s porn star with the stash. <laughs> You're not wrong. I want to say wrong. he's wrong, but he's not at all. <laughs> so he texts me like the night before or the day of, and my flight doesn't leave till like three in the afternoon or something. So I, I have time. I decide I'm going to take some trimmers with me. And look, Look what Miyagi said. I've decided that I'm keeping the Tony Stark. <laughs> so I'll get to I'll get to what he's talking about. I need to see there. pictures of the Tony Stark. That's all I got. To say. I need to see pictures of that. Dude, there'll be full videos of this. So let me That's tell fantastic. you what happened. So I I Bridget had bought me these trimmers for Christmas and they're small. They're made by Manscaped and I was like, I'll just take those with me and worse comes wait to worst. Wait a second, wait a second. Manscaped. Yeah. Aren't those the ones you're supposed to use on your Nether regions? Yeah, you can use them anywhere. And you use it on your face? Well, not only do I use it on my face, I use it on Miyagi's face. Have you used it on your nether regions? I'm not going to comment on that. Oh, that's just wrong. But I would comment if Manscaped sponsored us because they are quality products. Bridget got them for me for Christmas. Oh, dude. See, there's this awful thing I'm thinking about right now that you did to your friends. Oh, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i throw them in my my carry-on right and then the next day i get to the trailhead and i still have a full beard like three weeks worth of growth maybe yeah and miyagi's there actually there's no cell phone service out there so once we got to this lake in the middle of nowhere south dakota um, we had to drive around and find everybody, and we found them, and we started talking, and Buckley walks up, and he has this giant mustache, and Miyagi and I both have full beards. Jason, he's rocking about a week's worth of uh, stubble, and I'm trying to get him on board because what we kind of decide to do is Miyagi and I take turns. We take turns each night doing a different facial hair on each other. Now, I thought we were going to do our own, and I told Miyagi I would be on board if he is willing to carry out the tremors because his backpack weighs like 10 pounds or something ridiculous. And yeah. Mine's like 30 yeah. pounds. But yet he's got like – he's got an entire cook kit with like like an iron skillet, and he's got – I think – I think I honestly think Miyagi practices magic. Dude, I don't understand like, it. The dark arts. Well, it's like – like I went with him to Pictured Rocks last year, and I picked up his pack – and it was stupid light. Yet this this guy comes out and makes like these trail pizzas with non bread, and like he does all this stuff, and it's just like it's voodoo. How in how how does that? How would you do this with that light of a pack? I mean, the guy's got so much stuff. He's I'm telling you, he practices the dark arts, dude. What I don't understand is how his backpack is so light, and then like you get to camp, and he's just pulling out all of these luxury items. That's exactly what I'm saying. He just, practices the dark arts. He's a wizard. 
Well, he is. I, I agree reluctantly to this plan of each night picking a different hair, uh, facial hairstyle. Now, the, remember, we're going to spend three nights in the woods. Yeah, wizardry, wizardry, that's exactly right, Miyagi. It is. It is. So we hike in, and the first night he shaves me up into this ridiculous. I was like, you know what I look like? I look like one of those people, one of those carnies. That helped set up. <laughs> that helped set up. Carney, yeah, like a that helped set up the county fair. No offense, Carneys. Okay, I'm sure there's some <laughs> great ones out there, but at my local rural Kentucky fair, the county fair. Look, Miyagi says my backpack is like Armani's purse. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so he shaves this up, and it, it looks like. One of the worst carnies, and they started calling me corn dog. <laughs> look, look <laughs> they nailed it. They started calling me corn dog, and I look just like one man, like one of the carnies that is like dealing meth and is stealing at Walmart at your local county fair and t- helping set up the rides. And they have this ridiculous facial hair. Mm-hmm. Well, I shaved Miyagi. And I make him look cool, dude. He looks like a biker. I shave all the gray that goes down the sides from his sideburns down to like where his facial hair starts on his chin. I leave his goatee and everything because I want a little something, something to work with the next couple of nights. Right. Well, Jason, Jason starts working on Miyagi. And when I say working on him, I mean meets privately and comes up with a plan to give me some terrible facial hair because the next day we're going to Mount Rushmore. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay on trail. It's okay on trail because you don't see anybody. So the next day I had to wear this ridiculous carnival facial hair around Mount Rushmore. And I realized as I'm taking my pictures in front of Mount Rushmore, which I've never seen before in my entire life, that forever I'm going to be marked in these pictures by what Miyagi has done to me. <laughs> so, so Jason starts working on him. This he, is great. This he, is absolutely great. He tells him, he's like, dude, you need to shave half his face and make him wear that the next day. Just do half, and then you can finish it the next night. And then he tells me the same thing, and neither Miyagi nor myself know that that's what he, he's trying to plan. He's trying to get you both to get each other. Yes, and I keep going second because I know as long as I go second, I can retaliate. so with Miyagi he shaves half my face and I'm like I'm not doing it man and Jason is just dying dying right he shaves half my face and it's my turn and I'm like I'm not wearing this the next day because he literally shaved everything over except I still have this ridiculous stuff going on on one side (laughs) and then the other side it's like just a mustache, right? Yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm physically going to take those trimmers and finish this myself if you don't finish it up. So he leaves me with uh, a good-looking stash, right? Yeah. And I trim him up, and I leave him with what I think looks awesome. And then we... uh I don't remember so is that we, is that what, why he said he's decided to keep the Tony Stark? Is that what you did? No, that was the last night. Oh, okay, gotcha. That was the last night. 
So uh, the next night, he decides, since since he's messed up and has only left me with a mustache, which is what he's supposed to do for the last day, he decides to do me a pencil mustache because I wouldn't let him do the Hitler. I just I just completely refuse. Good call. That's a really good call. <laughs> I, I mean, in today's today's landscape, that's probably a very good call. <laughs> yes, this climate. Yes, I decided not to do the Hitler stash. Very good call. <laughs> or or if I was forced to, as I was going to call it, the Charlie Chaplin, not not there the Hitler. Go. So you should have just cut off. You should have just shaved the middle and left the ends. <laughs> the and then you could have been Genghis Khan. <laughs> Could have done the reverse Hitler. <laughs> You've been Genghis Khan instead. <laughs> well, he he shaved the pencil mustache, and I wore that for the last day. But I have to say, Buckley and Miyagi with the full stash, like Miyagi's stash looked awesome, dude. And they both looked like they were straight out of Super Troopers. It looked great. Well, it makes sense considering we know what Miyagi does for a living. So, I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, he was definitely pulling it off, man. They... I don't know if it's the years or if it's talent or just genetics, but their mustache is about a hundred times better than mine. Look, Tanya says, "Hey, fellas, I'm at work and can't stay. Have to catch up later." Hey, it's good to see you, Tanya. We'll Appreciate see you, Tanya. You in. Have a great day, Fu Man. So Jeff asked about the Fu Man Chew. So I don't know. I did it on Miyagi. Actually, the last night there, we had to do this the last morning. Actually, the last night. Uh, we watched the sunset, and whenever it was time, we are in the middle of nowhere on top of this mountain with an absolutely gorgeous view overlooking some some tiny town with a rodeo going on. We could actually hear it half the night. Down right. in the valley below us on top of this mountain um, around Mount Rushmore on the other side of it. And, uh, hey, good morning. Good morning, What's Brad. What's up, Brad? So... We had to actually shave it the next morning, and I tried several different styles on Miyagi. Because, you know, if you have a full beard, and you're trimming up, and you're going to shave it all anyway, you might as well have a little fun. So maybe start off with some mutton chops, and then do a goatee, and then maybe a Fu Manchu. I gave Miyagi a uh, a goatee and a mustache, but then I shaved in like uh, an arrow into the <laughs> bottom part of it and let him wear that for a day. That's awesome. And, and Miyagi grows great facial hair too. He's one of those guys. I think Buckley is too. Buckley's one of those guys. He has good facial hair. I wish I could. I don't grow any hair right here mm-hmm. or on these two corners right here. Well, they grow it in full. And yeah, whenever, they do. when I went to shave Miyagi the next day, like his beard had already regrown back out. So <laughs> <laughs> I had each day, I had to reshave what I'd already shaved. In addition, so much to testosterone style. going through Miyagi, he grows oh. a full beard in one day. It's pumping through the the veins, dude. By the time you get done shaving, it, he's already got five o'clock shadow again. It's those shorty shorts. I, yeah, and you know, I think uh, I think I was rocking pretty short shorts on this trip too. I actually decided oh, yeah? to I actually decided on this trip. I knew it was going to be hot, right? Mm-hmm. So I decided to just wear a pair of ball shorts, no underwear. And it was absolutely amazing. I got to say, I will probably do it again every time. Even though I rarely go hiking in the summer, it's so hot. I would probably do it each time. Well, that's I use the running shorts, and they've got that liner in them. Uh-huh. I never, yeah, that's all summer. That's every what summer. I, actually, on the last trip, I used running shorts with the liner. But 
after like four days, the liner, maybe my liner, maybe I bought the wrong size shorts, but it felt like it's starting to cut into my legs. Ew. I've never had that. That's awful. Yeah, it's probably just the wrong size shorts. Maybe I put on a little weight. Who knows? Apparently, you missed your calling as a barber, and according to Miyagi, you got some mad skills. Well, I've had uh, several years of practice on my own face, but uh, I don't know if I'd exactly call it missing my calling because Miyagi, he definitely looked better than me. He sucks as a barber. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so he's a wizard with pack weight, but he's horrible as a barber. He he needs to stick to making the gear and not not to the the barber shop because, well – also, he's trying to make me look ridiculous on purpose, so I'll give him that. Yeah, he's got skills with that. Dude, we got up to Mount Rushmore, and we didn't know really what to expect because I've never been there. And we kept hearing, oh, they got burgers up there. They got burgers up there. And we got up there, and they had a full... It was weird. They made you put a mask on to go inside at the... this lady this lady they had a gift shop and they had like a full restaurant and i I went over to the gift shop they wouldn't let you go into the restaurant without a mask and we were eating outside and i went over and and asked the lady at the gift shop she was handing out masks and i was like can i get like a few masks and then there were people in line behind me right this whole group of people mount rushmore they get so many tourists we were tourists too there's a ton of people standing behind me wanting to go into the gift shop and they they have it roped off. So I stood in line to get the mask. And then you go in the gift shop and out the door, literally like, here's the door, here's the exit. You go whoop, right around. And I got the mask. And then she like put her arm out and stopped me because I was trying to go around the exit because there's all these people in line behind me. She was like, sir, sir, you can't go in there without a mask. And I was like, I'm trying to leave. And she was like, I can't let you go in. I was like, okay. So I went under the rope. We put her mask on and went in and to went into the restaurant and I got a pizza, a burger, fries, a beer, and I think I got some popcorn and some kind of dessert. Oh, ice cream. Yes. Ice cream. So well, I was gonna say they've got, I've had ice cream at Mount Rushmore before. Oh, it was what did you think of it? Honestly, Mount Rushmore okay, so context. So, I was taking a group of 30 high school kids to Montana. So, like, three full-size 15-passenger vans and a minivan with gear in it. Taking these kids to Montana. It was the 36-hour drive from Cynthiana, Kentucky. And we stopped at Devil's Tower before we went to Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. And have you seen Devil's Tower? I only saw pictures. I only got to see Little Devil's Tower on this trip. Personally, Devil's Tower was way more impressive to me than Mount Rushmore. And maybe it was because of the touristy feel of the place mm-hmm. with all the like shops and stuff. But our group, we all hiked up the base of, uh, of Devil's Tower and we just loved it. Like we all thought it was amazing. And we all got to Mount Rushmore and it just kind of felt underwhelming in comparison to us. You know, like that's what, the way we felt about it. So yeah, I've been to Rushmore, but I wasn't kind of like, I, I probably if I'd have gone there first, I'd have been more impressed. But I think I think Devil's Tower was just so impressive; it made that look not so great. Well, I'd love to see Devil's Tower too. Josh, it's awesome. It's awesome. You want to read Josh's comment? 
Yeah, morning live streams are an awesome way to start the day. Have to jump off for work. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for coming in. So, uh, question for us on here, Jeremiah. Uh-huh. Any plans on hiking in a new state you haven't hiked yet? Um, well, right now, I don't have... I don't think I literally have a single backpacking trip planned for the future. My next, my next to-do list is... I'm going to a music festival to meet up with some of my friends from the long trail and I'm literally leaving tomorrow. So as soon as we get done with this, <laughs> I have to pack all that stuff for like four days of camping. Yeah. And then the only other thing I have is I got a, a little vacay planned with Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, and our missus. So my wife and his fiance are going, but I don't really have any backpacking stuff planned. Well, I know you and I have to talk for like 10 minutes after this to see if we can get like a two or three day thing in before you go back to school. Yes. Because we have to, we have to do that. I know that's got to happen. And I'm going to be, in, I'm planning on hitting the foothills trail. I'm not, I've not backpacked in South Carolina. So I'm going to be backpacking in South Carolina this fall, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I'm like you up this year was one of those years for me where I didn't get to travel as much. Mm. This was more of, I'm doing a lot of stuff in the gorge I'll probably be down in the big South Fork in a couple of weeks down there for a little bit. Um, but I haven't gotten to travel as much this year as I'd like to, as far as like getting out of state and going to a lot of different places. So I think, um, uh, I think Buckley says he wants to go with us, man. Hey, come on, Buckley. He, you can come. Yeah. Hit, hit us up, man. Shoot me a text so we can, uh, we can take care of the details. I was Absolutely. lucky. I think Jason posted that like a year ago, we were in Vermont and got to meet up with Kyle Hayes Hiking, which is on the I PCT, saw that. and um, Justin Sylvester. But I was very blessed this year, man. I got Vermont this time last year, and I got New Hampshire with Justin. And then also, like, South Dakota and Alabama. So those yeah, Alabama. All- did Alabama surprise you like it did me? Dude. Whenever we were there and they called that the land of a thousand waterfalls, like that is the biggest understatement I've I've ever heard. Now we did go after like a week of rain, but now you went Alabama's to the Sipsy, awesome. right? I went to the Sipsy, yeah. Yeah, see I went um to Mount Chiaha and uh hiked part of views. uh the was the Pinhody Trail. Mm-hmm. I hiked part of the Pinhody Trail when I was there. And so for us it was mountains. And I didn't realize there were mountains in Alabama. I don't know why I didn't realize there were mountains in Alabama, but I didn't realize there were mountains in Alabama. So, so that was really cool. Yeah, even though the elevation's not that high, you you get up even a couple thousand feet, and you get a clear view, and that is, in my opinion, just as good as being up several thousand feet. And yeah, you, like I don't know, it's it's almost like if you're in Colorado, you can only see so far. Right, so even at thirteen thousand feet, you can only see so far. So you're going to get great views either way, but they're just right. they're kind of different. The terrain's yeah. different, the views different, but even here in Kentucky, like hiking the Pinnacles in Berea, I was just going to say the Pinnacles in Berea is a good example of that. Yeah, you may get you may only be able to see so far, like I don't know three or four miles or something, but getting to look out over. The bluegrass of Kentucky, seeing the farms, seeing the the towns, seeing the fields, it's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, 
there's just I'm I'm a big fan of mountains. I know net like I'm doing the Foothills Trail this year. Next year, um, we've got a common buddy named Bryce that we're friends with, mm-hmm. and he and I are going to get a trip together, and we're going to go do Mount Rainier next year. So I'm super excited about that because that's a fourteen that's a fourteen thousand foot mountain, and uh, he's done it like a dozen times or more. And uh, he told me, he goes, let's go. So I think we're going to plan to do that next year. I'm pretty excited about that. Do you think that Bryce has to train like uh, physically for that? Like do elevation training or like stair stepper or that kind of stuff? Or you think that you can just kind of hop? hop I know I will. <laughs> I'll be training <laughs> like that. Um, I did that for Kilimanjaro. So I'll definitely be doing it for that too, man. Um, it's, it, I, I don't know. I, I know like, uh, he said you will have to have like micro spikes and and stuff like that. And uh, he said depending on the time of year we go, he said um, it could be pretty nasty up towards the top. Oh, so I bet. that elevation, any time of year, it can be. Yeah, uh, NKY Brad said JK, you'll love the FHT this fall. I completed it in Mar- early March. Lots of waterfalls and great campsites. Now, when is that Kentucky sub meetup going? You know, we what was that two years ago? Yeah, we're we were going to do, do that. Yeah, right. That was like 2020, and then COVID happened. I think it was supposed to be sometime around Easter, or it was sometime in the spring. I felt like because I think I had spring break. Yeah, it was April, and so. Then, like, March, the pandemic happened, right? So, February, (laughs) March, they start shutting everything down, and then we couldn't do it. But I've had a few people message me about meeting up and going to trails and stuff, and I tell them that um, you and I would still love to have a Kentucky meetup, and that would be a great opportunity for all those people that are wanting to hike together and all that kind of stuff. If you could make that meetup, that would be the perfect, in my opinion, comfortable location to hang out and talk and get to know each other. Because as we've said before multiple times in the past on here, um, it's always kind of odd, even if it's people from YouTube that you've only just talked to and you know they're not an axe murderer, you still, like, whenever you show up, you feel each other out and get to know each other. And being a stranger that you literally don't know anything about, and don't have anything in common with except for, you know, you make videos and they like them. Um, you know, that's a hard dynamic. So I think the meetup would be a good catalyst for that. Yeah, I think so too. I know we talked with Jason and he, we were going to line it up. I think maybe Coomer Ridge uh-huh. was one of the ideas. I, honestly, I think Hanson's would be better because we wouldn't have to pay for anything. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just being, if I'm just being honest. I don't have to pay for anything if we do Hanson's, but, um, but yeah, meetup would be great. It'd just be fun to get everybody together and uh, hang out. So yeah, man, Brad, we, we we still talk about it. We just haven't talked about it in a while. So yeah, uh, yes, I did see when Bryce had altitude sickness with the Shill Brothers. Yeah, that's a different Bryce than the one we're talking about, actually. <laughs> yep, spelled differently. Why versus yeah. uh, you see uh, Ginger Numb. <laughs> Did <laughs> <laughs> you say you're dying to see all the views in Ohio? Come on up, Jeremiah. So. I will tell I grew you. Up in Ohio, uh-huh. there's not a lot of views in Ohio. Well, I went to. to is Zaleski in Ohio? It is. Yeah. Okay. I think I said on here before that I went to Zaleski, and you talk about Rushmore underwhelming. 
<laughs> but you were weren't you also there in like a, a pseudo ice storm or something? I, it was cold, that's for sure. We had to set up a tarp, build a fire in front of it. Me, Jason, and the shields, and it was drizzly. It was cold. wasn't Wasn't that the trip where you decided I'm never going without a chair again? Oh yes, dude, sitting there on the ground with the the freaking sit pad under the tarp, trying to find a way to sit against the tree, but also stay dry under the yeah. tarp. Yeah, because I remember us talking about that, and you were just like, I'm I'm taking a chair with me every time from now on. Yeah, I even, even though my pack, like in the Smokies, my pack was like 31 pounds, and I don't remember what it was, probably like 35 for this uh, South Dakota trip. Both, yeah. both trips, I still took my little Helinox and... It was well worth it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it was a trip with the Shill Brothers for me, too, where I decided I will never go without a chair again. I was in Wisconsin, and uh, it was, there were a whole bunch of us there. And uh, I didn't bring a chair, and I thought I, – I was told there were going to be picnic tables and stuff, and there were none at any of the campsites we went to. <laughs> and so, like, I was finding logs to sit on or sitting on the ground or – like when people would get up, I would borrow their chair until they came back. Um, oh, that's you a, know, that's a master move right there. Yeah, you just, you got to be sly about that kind of stuff. I used to do but, that too. Uh, I'm just keeping it warm for you. Don't you want it comfortable we, when you? Don't you want to sit in another man's warmth once you get back? Well, and it was February in Wisconsin, so I mean it was cold. <laughs> yes. So I'm just doing my part, man. I'm looking out for my friends. <laughs> there are two instances that I, I don't take the chair. It's a solo when I have my hammock, unless I'm going to make a fire, because I'm not going to do that next to my hammock. And yeah. um, if I'm doing like a long distance trail, like, yeah. you know, 100 miles or something. Yeah. But I, yeah. I got to tell you, Miyagi done these little interviews throughout our trip whenever we were in South Dakota and it was me, Jason, Miyagi trips couldn't go. She had uh, an issue with a bulging disc. If I remember correctly, Whoa, in her neck. That's awful. So yeah, she was able to do some day hiking and we got to meet up with her and she brought us some resupplies. This, this right here, dude was the most clutch thing on the trip. It's cortisone cream. Oh yeah. Dude, the first campsite we got eat up with bugs. I mean, eat up i still am scratching i was putting it on just a second ago oh dude and when you start scratching you start itching really bad and you're on miserable. trail you're on trail yeah. and you can't do anything about it and like i said i had those shorts and like i was sitting in my chair and the the shorts were hanging down and so they got like right under my butt cheek like on my <laughs> leg but right under my butt cheek <laughs> and just awful. ate a whole like i don't know it was terrible so anyway uh miyagi Tim, and mm-hmm. so there, Tim, he had a lovely lady with him. We actually gave her a trail name. She earned a trail name on this trip. We started calling her Little Donkey Blue. And so that's who everybody's talking about in these comments. Cause like, okay, so I saw this. We're going to hot tent here this winter, winter Ohio meetup it, on Donkey Blue's land. I'm like, who is Donkey Blue? <laughs> now I know. So, little Donkey Blue, <clears throat> I was a little worried because, you know, anytime a lady comes on a trip, 
sometimes it'll change the dynamic. And I was like, well, she's going to have trips there too. Like whenever we went to the Smokies, I brought my wife, but Melissa, unlikely hiker was there Yeah, and they really connected and they had a great time. That was a time. fun video, by the way. I watched that yesterday. Oh, well, thank you. A little uh, cross promotion there for you. I appreciate that. Yes, I did just publish a Smokies video. Be so, sure to subscribe and hit that like button. <laughs> that's right. Kick it. <laughs> so Bridget and Melissa really connected and had a great time and talked. And I was like, okay, trips and little donkey will also have a great time together. But then, you know, they got to camp together the night before, but trips wasn't able to go obviously for the reasons I just said, but I got to tell you, little donk, she did fantastic and fit right in. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> I knew she was going to fit right in uh, as soon as I met her. And we had a great time. But she was wearing this this shirt, this blue shirt, button up like one of the Columbia that has little snap things where you can roll the sleeve up and attach it. And yeah. apparently the name of the shirt was Little Donkey Andy. I never heard of that brand. Little Donkey I've never heard Andy. that in my life. And everything she was wearing was blue somehow. Her shoes... Her shirt, her backpack, her gear, everything was blue. So we start calling her Little Donkey Blue by the end of the trip. Look, Buckley says, Little Donk is as cool as it gets. Dude, you are so right. That's it was awesome. a blast hiking with her. So she was on this trip too. And um, I guess that was, is that everybody? There's six of us Buckley, Donk, me, Jason, Miyagi, and Taylor. From Southern Hike. How could I forget about Taylor? It was his idea to drive from Denver. And I will say, huge shout out to Southern Hike. Okay, um, did he do the late night thing that he, you were talking about? What was the late night thing? I can't remember. He said he was getting in super late and then driving the whole way. Oh, dude. He, he flew into Denver, and I think his flight got delayed twice. So oh, no. and it was leaving at like midnight. So anyway, he got to his Airbnb and stayed there for an hour and a half. He slept for an hour and then he showered and then left. He, he even got a message from the person that he was renting the Airbnb from. It was like, hey, you're only here for like a couple of hours. Is everything okay? Like was something wrong? And he's like, no, I just didn't have time to stay there. Just basically drove six hours on an hour of sleep after flying and then hiked the whole next day, you know, and we had several thousand feet of elevation. And it was brutal. Okay, can I just say, I, I don't do well hiking without sleep, man. I don't. I, do you do well with it? Dude, I got six hours of sleep last night, and I'm running on fumes right now. Like, as soon as this is <laughs> over, <laughs> we, take care of, <laughs> we take care of our, our, our stuff, then I'm got, I got to take a nap. Well, here we can't go to sleep before midnight because it's the 4th of July weekend and everybody in our neighborhood is letting off fireworks till after midnight. So, Yeah, the poor dogs, man. PTSD it, oh. every every year this time of year. My five-year-old son, like, he loves fireworks. Uh -huh. So, And our local fireworks, we can we actually can just sit in our driveway and watch them. They're, like, right in front of our house. Oh, that's so awesome. So we had a bunch of friends over and we're hanging out, you know, all that I kind of stuff. I saw the pictures. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. Um, so yeah, so so my son loves the fireworks. He's thinking it's great. Then he goes to bed and they don't stop going off on by the neighbors. And my son looks at me and goes, Dad, don't they know it's time to stop? <laughs> he goes, he goes, I really want them to stop. <laughs> Dude, 
as you know, I live on Lake Cumberland. Yeah. And I had this uh, little trip following Walker's World says, got to run, guys. Love the morning chat. Hey, it's good to see, see you, man. Tom. So I went on a, a little fishing, camping, boating type deal on Saturday night. Got one of my buddies out of the house. And we camped at the lake. I'm talking like 500 feet from where my hammock was, right on the coastline. Right. Uh, my hammock's there. And then about 20 feet is the water. And this is a big, big lake. And then like another 500 feet from the edge of the water, there's a marina out there full of houseboats and, you know, nice boats. And we're trying to sleep. Of course, we stayed up pretty late hanging out, talking around the fire. Dude, there were fireworks going off till like 2 a.m. there on the yep. lake. It's tough. Yeah, man. It's like Ginger Gnome says, couldn't have wished for a better crew for the first multi-day hike. Seriously, some of the best humans I've had the pleasure to share memories with. Little Donkey Blue. Oh, I didn't know that that was your I, handle. I didn't know that either. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so, so Little Donkey Blue's from Ohio. Yeah, I think uh, maybe around the Cleveland area, but I might be mistaken on that. So don't Very quote. cool. Oh, actually... Let me run that back. I think around the Youngstown, Ohio area. Okay, so, so still northern, uh, northeastern Ohio. Yeah, it's quite a ways for me. Maybe like six or seven hours for you. Now there's this thing about northeastern Ohio people, and I I don't know I don't know where she sits in this, but you know northern Ohio is Cleveland Browns fans up there, and it's hardcore, like hardcore. But some people from that northeastern area are Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Oh. And it breaks the hearts of all of us Ohio people. So I don't know where she stands or if she even cares. She may not even care. She may be like, I don't care about football. But I'm just <laughs> saying. I, I think that she could care less about football. But. It, 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 it's a thing, man. It's a thing. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's definitely a thing. Well, So, okay. So, so the trip was a success. Yes, but right? I, have, I have two more things to say about it. Oh, man. This well, trip just never stops. Let's actually, go. Actually, three. The, okay. Oh, brown and oh. orange. We are that. we are friends. I, we've never met, but we are friends. I promise you. That's awesome. Oh, go Browns! Yeah, you'll love little donkey. She's great. That's awesome. So Taylor, I was mentioning him from Southern Hike. Is his YouTube? Yeah, dude. I booked the hotel room. So he had a flight that was leaving. Um, I think he had to turn his rental car in by like 10 p.m. the same day that we were driving back to Denver. Okay. And so Jason and I weren't flying out till like really early the next morning, 7 or 8 a.m. And so I booked us a hotel. He went ahead and left, like booked it from our last good, like, or great view or whatever on the trail, which is Black Elk Peak, the highest Yeah, peak. I saw a picture that you posted from there. It's like a castle, dude. Their fire tower up there is absolutely amazing. So it'll be in the video. So um, Taylor books it. From there. And I'm like, Taylor, you can go ahead and I'll book a hotel and you can shower at my hotel because he was going to baby wipe and then fly home and shower. And I was like, that sounds terrible. After driving for six hours. Well, and those poor people that have to sit around you. <laughs> we were, we've been in the woods for four or five days. <laughs> That's awful. So he uh, he's probably running right now. He said he runs and listens to the podcast. So well, that's cool. He's probably running right now. Finish strong, buddy. Finish strong. But a huge shout out to him. Because we got to the, I booked the hotel. He showered. He checked in before we got there. Hour 
two hours before. Yeah. And uh, Jason and I kind of mosey because we didn't have to be back early. And he texted us. We were about an hour out or so. And he was like, hey, what do you guys want for dinner? And we're like, we're probably going to get some pizza because we didn't have time to go out to eat with him. Yeah. And, dude, he surprised us. Well, it didn't surprise us. We kind of made the order. But he brought in Godfather's Pizza, two giant pizzas and breadsticks and ranch, the works. That's I'm talking awesome. double cheese, meat, everything. And uh, had it sitting at the hotel. Like, he got there at the same time we did. So we immediately walked in after only having snacks on this six-hour car ride and ate this amazing pizza, some of the best pizza I've ever had, probably because I've, <laughs> I've just been got done hiking for four, three or four days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we were talking about the chairs a minute ago, and I was saying I always bring the chair, and Miyagi's doing these little interviews, and Buckley and Little Donkey, they're, in their interview, I think they both said, Miyagi's like, what would you have brought that you didn't bring? And I was like, I would have brought this cortisone cream. Because I am itchy. <laughs> and they were like, they were both like, we would have brought our chairs. Cause her backpack was like 17 pounds and his was like 19 pounds. You know, oh, wow. They were down there with Miyagi's back weight. Meanwhile, Jason yeah. and I were just lugging around these 30, 35 pound packs. Okay. Well, you've, never been, you've never been ultra light. No, and don't claim to be. But I, I give it a try. I give it a try. So I'm, okay, can I can I let you in on a little something that'll shock you? Yeah, let's hear it. I'm actually I'm actually working towards ultralight. Oh, you getting close? Yeah, I really am, man. I the Z-Pax, I, uh, our I call. So I had a shoulder injury when I was in Honduras mm. a few weeks ago, and uh, I've been in physical therapy since then for my shoulder, and I've realized I'm getting old, and so uh, you know a lot of people don't know that I'm pushing fifty at this point. Um, I turned forty nine later this year, and. Uh, I'm realizing that my body isn't as nice as it used to be to me. And uh, the lighter the stuff is I carry, the much easier my life is when I'm on trail. So I'm not I'm not going to be like militant ultralight, but I think I'm going to try and get as ultralight as I can, yet still have some of my things. I'm still taking a chair. Chair's not a negotiable thing for me. So I'm always going to have that extra pound, pound and a half on my, on my gear. But yeah, dude, I'm, I got a pretty light now. I mean, my backpack alone right now weighs 20 ounces. Dude, that is insane. I want to have to make some so, gear upgrades. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been slowly doing it and just not saying a lot about it. But yeah, I've I'm I'm inching towards ultralight, and it's not for the sake of like bragging. It's just literally because I, I'm gonna have to get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, a I've got to get there. Yeah, yeah. I want to enjoy what I'm doing more. So. I want, and I still want to bring my camera gear. So when I do the the hike in September or November, whatever, I'm doing the foothills trail, mm. um, I want to take my camera gear with me. But I don't want my camera gear to make my pack so heavy that it's miserable. So, yeah, I think that uh, if I could, if if my hammock. So I've been taking the Pride of Kentucky. I even took it on this trip to South Dakota. Yeah, I think that if if I go with a little lighter on the hammock. Maybe get a uh, Dyneema tarp. That would help a lot because I think that would shave like three pounds off. Yeah. Well, my summer huge. setup, I the I have a, a quilt that I use now, and the quilt weighs like 10 ounces. Wow. It's a Jaxer, or not Jaxer, better. It's a local Libre quilt that I got. 
I remember telling you about it a while back that I was going to get one from them. Uh-huh. And uh, it's a 50-degree quilt. And, dude, that thing, seriously, that thing is super light, and it's perfect, perfect for Kentucky summer. Like, it's real light. It's not too, it's not too hot. Um, and I don't even use, like, an underquilt. I, I told you about this. Like, I didn't use an underquilt. When I went out last time, I used a, uh, I just used my underquilt cover. Yeah, that underquilt protector by hammock. Yeah. Gear. Yeah. I, I just used that and made sure I cinched up the ends just to keep drafts from getting into the, the hammock. And that was it. And that thing weighs a lot less than a quilt. I think, it, I think Miyagi used like a half underquilt whenever we were in South Dakota. I think yeah. that helped shed a lot of weight. Yep. Um, I've got I've got a Costco like a half quilt kind of thing. I'm just I you know you they say you pack your fears and I'm always afraid of getting cold. So like he brought probably like a a 50 degree under half under quilt and I brought a zero degree under quilt and I think that's, yeah that's a big difference between the weights. Like I think Jason brought a 10 degree under 10 degree over because one of the nights they were forecasting 45 degrees. And so I was like, in the mountains at 7,000 feet, I don't know what that's going to feel like. 45 degrees in town. Who knows how cold it's going to be up there. Right. So how cold did it get? Not very cold because, like, I woke up. Me and Jason both woke up at, like, 2 in the morning just shedding, like, just drenched in sweat because I had uh, a 20-something degree top and a zero degree under. Oh, man. Yeah, that would get hot real fast. Yeah. Hey, give props up to All Things Outdoors. Lost 34 pounds. Oh. He said he went up on the weight in his pack two pounds, but he's still down 34 pounds of trail weight because he's lost 36 pounds. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. He's looking fantastic, dude. I I saw the pictures, Jeremy. Keep it up, dude. And then you and I will get back on the basketball court and play a little one-on-one. Those Indiana boys can play basketball, man. Oh, don't count Kentucky out now. I'm not Kentucky, I'm not counting Kentucky out, but those those Indiana boys can play some basketball. And uh, what wait, was this at? Uh, your UL journey be good YouTube content. I, I may have to remember that. Uh, go ultralight, take a camera guy. <laughs> you obviously don't know how much money I don't make on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice, man. It'd be awesome if I could just have somebody else do all that. But uh, I'd probably feel guilty and still carry a bunch of stuff, anyways. So well, I'd have to carry my essentials, but yeah, absolutely, I wouldn't be angry if I had a camera guy following me around, like the whole Bear Bear Grills crew. Well, even a- Becker, man, Dan Becker's got a camera guy, you know, that goes with him on his stuff. It's, it's I mean, it's his editor guy, and he still films stuff, but he's got a guy that does a lot of video for him. Yeah, so brings a but, whole different but, dynamic. But Dan's channel and my channel are not things we compare. Like we, we can compare them. But he's got a pretty big. <laughs> That's a good. We can compare him. <laughs> he's got a pretty big, pretty big view rate there. Yeah, it's so, a little different. A little different there. Yeah, Dan's channel's fantastic. So, um, you ready anyways. for my last thing on the Rushmore? Yeah, we got we got three and a half minutes. Let's hear okay. this. You are saying now in comparison, in in your defense, in comparison to Devil's Tower, which is absolutely amazing. According yes. to the pictures that I I've seen in the past, yeah, that Rushmore was a little underwhelming, and I think what made it so great in my eyes because I I'll have to a hundred percent disagree that it was underwhelming for me. And right, that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
because one, I didn't get to see Devil's Tower because we were driving from Denver, so I didn't really have time. But um, two, I think it's different driving up there versus having to walk multiple days through the through the back country because I'm constantly seeing like from from the time we stepped out of the vehicle at Sylvan Lake or whatever it's called where we parked to getting to Rushmore, there were views upon views of just incredible rock features everywhere. Yeah. It was amazing, man. I've never seen anything before like it before in my life. And then I got to see like what it naturally looks like. And then out of nowhere, you get to your first view of it. You walk around, you walk around this tree and you come out to this uh, little bald and you get to the vista, and you see just like George Washington's face just popping out of the mountains. Yeah. You're like, whoa. And, you know, it's like two or three miles off in the distance. And you're like, look at that. I know what this is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be all these rock features. And then there's this huge, like, bust of our first president. And so then... Well, and, and you also were seeing it you weren't seeing it from the touristy side when you first saw it. No, you're seeing like, Hey, I'm surrounded by woods. Yeah. I think that would have made a huge difference for me. Yeah. And then you walk closer and closer and you get a better and better view. And you know, you have to camp at night and you get up the next, you know, maybe the next day and you get to go look at it. And even though there is a lot of tourism, like they got a huge parking situation they got shops up there yeah it's all concrete and stone and an amphitheater and it's super touristy yeah but at the same time like seeing what the rocks should look like and then even even backpacking around to the other side and seeing all the helicopters that just keep going and going and going and going on all these tours and you see in the backside of rushmore and what what it should have looked like before and then thinking about what those guys did yeah. It was it was breathtaking for me, but I had a totally different experience than what you had on your journey. Well, and I think that's I think that's why, you know, for me when I went and saw Devil's Tower, there's not all the touristy stuff around it. It's just it's like a national park vibe, mm -hmm. you know? And so you get out there and it's just it's nature and this giant massive rock sitting out in the middle of nowhere that looks like it's been clawed up by a bear. I mean, literally, it looks like the, the whole story behind it, you know? And when I get to Mount Rushmore, it's like we pull in a parking lot, we walk, there's people everywhere. Everywhere. And you've got this long walk out to where you can view it, and it feels small. <laughs> like, I don't, know how to, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I think if I would have been able to hike up near it, uh -huh. it would have felt massive, and I probably would have been impressed. But this was long before I started backpacking. This was like 2002 when I saw it. Uh, so this is like, yeah, it's 20 I don't years know, ago. It was a, several years before I got started backpacking. And so like, I just, I never even imagined back then that you could actually hike on trails out near it, you know, and be able to see it differently than from the touristy end. But the touristy end just kind of and like ruined it for me, I think. Yeah, on those trails, I was really wishing that I had a horse. I mean, that they're all horse trails. And I was like, whew, this whole camping and hiking thing would be a lot easier if this giant horse was carrying me and all the weight every time yeah. people would pass on the horses. 
How bad were the trails up? from the, the horses? Uh, they weren't were beat they up. Tore up. They weren't beat up too bad. There's a few few spots, but it wasn't like here in Kentucky. Like some of the horse trails here, I feel like there's a trace. I don't know if it's where they don't do maintenance in those areas as often, or the horses. There's just so much traffic that it beats them up so bad. Like your yeah. feet are sinking in, and I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it looked like they done a pretty good job maintaining the trails up there. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's like the horse trail, the, the Sheltoy Trace. They get tore up by uh, dirt bikes, um, you know, things like that, recreational vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first when I hiked the Sheltoy Trace down in the, the from the southern end up, mm-hmm. at one point we had a jeep and another SUV drive by across the trail. Yeah, you, get, you know, you get jeeps, SUVs, side by sides, dirt bikes, foot traffic. And you get and some of that trail gets tore up. I mean, it can make for some of it, not all of it. I mean, I don't want to say all of it, but there's just sections. I remember the, the hiking was miserable because just trying, there would be like these, these sections you'd walk and if it had been raining and it's muddy, you're basically trying to walk on these sides of this trail because the, the trail itself was dug out so deep that you've got like mini ponds where like you see tire tread going down into it. Uh-huh. And, uh, it can, it can make for some not fun hiking sometimes. Yeah. We, I think that pretty much all the trail that we were on was all horse. It was all horse trail. See you, Buckley. Yeah. See you, Buckley. But I was actually really thankful that it was graded for horses because there were, there were plenty of switchbacks. Even the like 2,000 foot climbs weren't horrendous because horses have to do it. So you can't make it so treacherous and rugged that a horse right. can climb it but i gotta tell you there was a couple of uh you know it's like it's it's almost like platforms and then there's logs and then there's like a three foot drop and then another platform with big logs and i was like these are tough like the people coming up this on a horse that'd be pretty tough and it's especially tough on foot but other than that very, well i've very i've heard they say there's a huge difference between hiking in the east and hiking in the west in the u.s like hiking in the east a lot of the trails just go up like yeah. you you said on the long trail there weren't switchbacks you just went up a mountain yeah and and they say out west uh, there's a lot more of the switchbacks and the gradual climbs especially colorado apparently i haven't i haven't had a chance to backpack in colorado yet but that's like one of my ones i want to hit up next so but yeah. I've, I've heard they just do a better job of, of giving you more of a gradual climb you'll be still climbing the same amount of feet but it just feels more gradual yeah, the switchbacks are everything. If you yeah. if you got switchbacks, even though you might hike twice as far, it's going to be twenty percent easier or something. Oh yeah, oh it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was happy definitely. About it. Well, Jeremiah, we are at the hour and four minute mark right now, oh, and is. it has been a joy talking to you as always. And uh, I have I now I got to go to South Dakota. You just ruined me. Now I have to go to South Dakota and go backpack. I just added another trip to my list, man. So uh, anything else you want to say before we we get off of here? Um, maybe uh, maybe next week I'll tell you a little bit about how it was getting to meet up with my long trail friends and how much fun we had at the music festival. Three. I would like to hear that. It's like uh, it's kind of like. One of those giant music festivals out west, but it's in the middle of the woods in Michigan. So, and, and maybe I could tell you a little bit about my new fitness journey 
at the next uh, in the next one. Sounds like a date. Let's do I it. Th- I think we're going to make it happen, bro. Hey, thanks to everybody who tuned in today. Uh, some of you on the West Coast, you're literally starting your morning off with us. And for those of you who are here, you're probably like cheating on work and watching this while you're supposed to be doing <laughs> things. We appreciate every single one of you guys. So until next time, we'll catch you on the next go around. Adios, folks.